The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Serving spiritual seekers around the world. Unity Online Radio. Are you seeking more energy and ready to have more healings and revealings in your life? Then you've tuned into the right program. For the next hour, listen in as Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, shares with you tools you can use to transform your life. She will guide you on a journey to create a life that is intentional and dynamic. Now, here's your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining us on Intentional Spirit. I'm Temple Hayes, and we are so excited that you have chosen to be an Intentional Spirit and that you're joining us as we feature these amazing leaders from all over the world. And today is no different in that we have Dr. Jamie Turndoff, and she is leading edge. She has a new book. Love Never Dies. We call her the expert of love and grief. And we all know when you have that combination, you are literally uh, transforming the world because you're dealing with your mind and your heart at the same time. Welcome to our show today. Hello. I'm so glad to be with you. And do you want me to refer to you as Dr. Jamie? Or, uh, you know, or Jamie, you can, call me, you can call me whatever makes your little heart happy. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I, I feel. So, whatever you want. Some people call me Dr. Love because that's what I'm known as, you know, on the web and on my own radio show. Some people call me Dr. Jamie, some Dr. Turndorf, and some people have multiple personalities and they change throughout the interview. So <laughs> you can just do whatever Yeah, I hear you. Well, I love calling you Dr. Love because I love that your website is Ask Dr. Love. So that all rhymes with me. And I love okay. what Jack Kenfield has said about your work is that you literally have relationships figured out. If you want a great relationship, you must get involved with Dr. Love because she has our answers. So uh, tell our listening audience, um, Dr. Love, how did you... Um, become an intentional spirit related to your topic subjects and and what you do and how you're making a difference in the world. All right. Well, you know, I guess they say that out of our core wounds come our greatest gifts. And I'm no exception. Mm. I was born three months early. And I spent the first three months in a preemie hospital, in a preemie nursery. I was only two pounds. And a psychic medium I know said to me, you made the decision then to make it be your ministry to connect souls because you did not want others to suffer the pain of disconnection that you were feeling there alone in the hospital. Mm. Now, my disconnection obviously continued because most shrinks come from really crazy, dysfunctional families, and I am no exception there. You know, I swear that I earned a Ph.D. when I was still in diapers, and I think I have to spell that P-E-E-H-D, you know, uh, because I was me- mediating my parents' fight. <laughs> 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 So there I was mediating their arguments when I was still in a diaper, literally. And 
the most amazing part of my story, which I do share in Love Never Dies, is the fact that from the time I was a little girl, I had a premonition of the man I was going to marry. And I actually saw him fleshed out. I saw his face. I saw everything. So I just said to myself, you know what? I'm going to wait until he appears. And he did appear on the first day of my freshman year at Vassar College. I'd been shut out of all the intro sociology classes, and I went to the secretary, and I said, how can I get into sociology? And she said, go ask the department chair, Jean Pain, see if he can find a seat for you in one of the closed classes. Well, the minute I walked into that man's office, I had the first and only out-of-body experience of my life. I felt my soul shooting at a high speed through a tunnel to the end of my life. I see the white light. It was incredible. And then I feel my soul shooting back into my body, at which point I get the message, remember every aspect of this meeting, he is going to be everything to you one day. Now, at this point, I forgot about the message, but I had found out soon after I met him that for most of his life, Jean had been one of the most famous Jesuit priests in history. For most of his life, he had taught at the Vatican. He founded a movement called Liberation Theology designed to fight church oppression from within, and he actually launched international fame when he publicly opposed the Pope and the Catholic Church as they were trying to block the legalization of divorce in Italy, and he fought on the ground of religious freedom. The church should butt out of the private sector. He won. He got the divorce bill passed. He changed the course of Italian history. And soon after he left the Jesuit order and the priesthood, the Pope granted him the dispensation of his vows so he wouldn't be excommunicated. And then he was recruited by Vassar to serve as the chair of the Department of Sociology. Now, Four years, four years after this faded meeting, I'm in my senior year, and I need help with the statistical portion of my thesis. And I had heard that Jean had, among other things, been a statistician, having founded the Vatican's first and only social research center. So I asked him, would he help me with my statistics, even though he wasn't my advisor? He cheerfully gave me his time. And within a couple of weeks, we knew, despite our different cultures, different backgrounds, different religions, we were perfectly compatible. We were twins separated at birth. We were soulmates. Now, I have to tell you and everybody listening. It's this incredible, what gets even crazier is the fact that I was raised by two devout Jewish atheists. The only religion my parents practiced was religiously hating each other, okay? They taught me not to believe in God or the afterlife. I never read the Bible, never went to church or synagogue, and Jean and I never discussed religion, at least not when he lived in a body. And we were together, inseparable, for 27 years. Now, in the last year of his life, we both began having premonitions that he was going to die of an accident. We just didn't know when or where. So we leave for our final vacation in Italy, and we're sitting on the beach one day. His hand is up over his head as if to block the rays of the sun. And the next thing I know, a bee swoops down and stings his left hand at the exact location of Christ's stigmata. And then I watch my beloved suffocate to death in front of my eyes. This was, there's no way to describe the trauma of having him ripped from me in this way. I go back to the hotel room. I'm lying in the bed. I'm shaking. I'm trembling. I'm crying. I'm hysterical. And the next thing I know, 
I feel that man's hand stroke the entire length of my spine. I sit bolt upright. I look over my shoulder. Nobody is there, but he was there. And he has been with me ever since. His astonishing and ongoing manifestations, often in front of witnesses, have just proven to me we don't die and our relationships, therefore, aren't meant to end in death. And so I've created a groundbreaking new, what I call, trans-dimensional grief therapy method that totally diverges from the Western approach, which is grieve, let go, and move on, which we know only leaves the bereaved at a greater loss. Instead, my method shows you how to say hello, not goodbye, without the assistance of a medium, a channeler, or a psychic. And there's one more thing. But as a shrink, I also know that millions of people harbor unfinished business with the deceased. And again, Western grief therapy offers us no way of making peace with the deceased. And I'm so excited that my new Dialoguing with the Departed technique offers the first vehicle in history for enabling the bereaved to reconnect and make peace with the deceased. Wow. That's awesome. <laughs> Wait a minute. She almost dropped dead on me right there. We're going to have to do this interview oh, with no. you from spirit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. That would, that would not be. I'm, I'm more alive than ever in my lifetime, and I'm just so uh, so thrilled with, with what you were saying because what was happening as you were articulating that is my mind was kind of, you know, processing like, oh, yeah, I totally get that, and I totally get that, and I totally get that. And then I was also mm-hmm. going... You know, often there's such a uh, a business uh, playing off of people's emotions that go on and mm. on and on and on, right? And uh, keeping people uh, stuck in their woundology and their pain and their sorrow and their problems and mm. things like that. So that's where I was going. I was going on a little little love ride. <laughs> mm. Well, can I keep you on and even? Wow! And here you are. You're talking <laughs> about just a whole different paradigm shift. Absolutely, and let me because I want to I want to share with you how the love ride continues because love never dies is in three parts. So the first part, I continue picking up on the night that John left his body to give you some of um, the amazing examples of his ongoing manifestations of his presence. May I share some of those? Please, yes. Okay, so here I come back from Italy. Right, it's my first night back alone in our bed. I don't sleep a wink. And the next morning, I go down into the kitchen. And I hear Jean saying to me, Jamie, open the back door to the kitchen. I want to show you something. So I open the door. And what do I see? There's a chipmunk sitting on the step. And this chipmunk is frozen as if in a trance. He's not moving. He's not blinking. And I know something amazing is happening to this little creature. The next thing I know, I see the chipmunk mimicking my my husband's bodily departure. The chipmunk is ripping at his face, ripping at his face, ripping at his face and choking the way my husband was because the oxygen wasn't getting in. And then I'm watching the tears are pouring down my face. Next thing I know, after 20 minutes of this, the chipmunk visibly coughs up a wonk of mucus and he's in peace. And in that moment, I realized my husband was speaking to me through this little animal, which I have since come to to term animals open vessels. Both domestic and wild animals are open vessels for spirit to speak to us. And my husband was using this Mm -hmm. open vessel to say to me, I'm okay. Now, the next thing that happens, 
I'm in my office, and I need to fax his death certificate to Verizon to take him off my account. Now, I had sent many multi-page faxes throughout the day, no problem. But when I go to fax his death certificate, the cover letter faxes without a hitch, but now the death certificate freezes up, machine won't fax it. I try again with the obit. Again, cover letter faxes without a hitch, but the obit won't fax. I try 20 times. I give up. I give up. The next day, I take all these papers to my lawyer's office. I don't say a thing. I just hand them to the secretary, and I say, would you mind faxing this death certificate for me to Verizon? I'm waiting and waiting. 20 minutes later, all the secretaries come out from the back crying. They say to me, we tried 20 times with the death certificate and the obit. Each time the cover letter faxes, but the obit and the death certificate won't fax. And they said, he's telling you he's not gone. Now I go home, and again I have to fax the death certificate, and again he hangs it up. So at this moment I say to him, listen, John, I think that you're hanging it up because you want me to remember you are still here with me. If I promise to try to remember, will you let this fax go through in its entirety? I instantly feel a tidal wave of love pouring over me. I know it's his acknowledgement that he heard me. I reissue the fax. And it goes through in its entirety. All right, so now I realize something pretty wild is happening here. Strangers are walking up to me, and they're saying to me, they don't know me, they don't know Jean, they don't know I'm widow. They just walk up to me and say, your husband said, tell our story, and they walk on. <laughs> so now I'm driving one. It's crazy, right? It's for the it little is. 80s girl. I love it. I know. So now I'm driving one day, and I feel the urge to pray to him on behalf of someone else. Now, I'd never prayed in my life, but now I say to him, please help my friend Emily find love. That's my prayer. Help her find love. Now, he never knew Emily. Emily never knew him. I look at the clock. I'm in my car. It's 4.58 on the clock. I again feel that tidal wave of love, and I realize that was his acknowledgement. I heard your prayer. That night, I get a phone call from Emily. She says to me, Jamie, you will not believe what happened to me. What happened, Emily? She says, at 4.58 exactly, I fell into a trance. Your husband appeared to me. She describes him to a T. She says he told me to find love, follow the gray stones to the church in your neighborhood. Now, by having her repeat my prayer to him, he was proving to me that he had heard my prayer. But he was also blessing Emily by sending her to the church to find love. So now the next week, I'm in my professional group, and Emily tells the story. And one of the group members named Mitch Wood was a seminarian. And he says to her, what was the name of the church in your neighborhood? And she says, the church was called the Claremont Church. He says, oh, my gosh, the Claremont Church is New York's only liberation theology seminary. (laughs) So he literally put his stamp on this. I mean, just blow your mind involving others. Okay, so now I'll just give you one more story. The early days. I know, they're just crazy. And I mean, so uplifting. So I'm in the closet crying. This was my hobby in the early days. I'm crying and I'm thinking, I have to phone call my friend Anne. I have to call her. No, don't bother her. She's working. It's the middle of her workday. After 20 minutes of this, 
My phone rings. I drag myself up out of the closet, grab the phone. It's Anne. She says to me, Jamie, did you call? I said, Anne, no, I was crying, but I was thinking I had to call you. She says, Jamie, my phone rang, and your name and number appeared on the caller ID. So we realized, oh, my gosh, he called her for me, manipulating the electronics on my behalf. So now, a year later, I have a bad cough. And I think, I'm going to suffocate to death, just the way Jean did. So I say to him, Jean, please do that caller ID trick. This time do it with my housekeeper, Donna. Two seconds later, Donna calls. She says, Jamie, did you call? I said, no, Donna. But guess what? I I told Jean, please do the caller ID trick. And she says, well, my phone rang, and your name and number appeared on my caller ID. All right, so now I go to my writer's group. Gabe Davis, a devout Jewish atheist, runs the group. I tell him all the stories of Jean's manifestations, culminating with the phone tricks. So he says, I sure would like to see that phone trick repeated. And this time, I would like to see whether Jean shows your phone having been manipulated to dial the person out. So I forget he asks about this. A month later, I'm driving behind Gabe and Robin to meet them for dinner. And I suddenly feel that tidal wave of love pouring into me. I look at the clock. 4.58. I get to the restaurant, get out of my car. Gabe rushes up to me. He says to me, Jamie, you won't believe what happened. What happened, Gabe? He says, at 4.58, my cell phone rang. I looked at the caller ID. Your name and number appeared. He said, I picked the phone up, and a man's voice said, is Jamie there? Is Jamie no. there? He said the voice extended the syllable there because it had an accent. Well, Jean was French, and he did extend the syllable there. He said it wasn't a real call. The voice just faded away, never clicked off the phone. He said, get your phone and see if it called me. So I dig into the bottom of my, my purse. I hadn't used my phone all day. Sure enough, 458. Jean had manipulated the phone to call Gabe. So what's the point of all these manifestations? These over-the-top manifestations are because Jean asked me to tell our story. So these manifestations are for you and for everybody listening because as he told me right after he left his body, Jamie, let our love shine like a torch that lights the path for others. So our story is meant to let you know that your loved ones are here with you too. They're just waiting for you to open the door of your heart to them. I love it because love never dies. If you're just coming on, I'm talking with um, Dr. Love. You can go to AskDrLove.com. You can learn more about this tremendous journey that Jamie has taken with her beloved Jean. Love never dies. We will be right back after this short break. I want to thank all of you for tuning in Unity Online Radio, as we are simply the voice for an awakening world. And let me tell you, we are truly awakening today. One of my favorite subjects is living people never die. We'll be right back. Wouldn't you like to share the programs that inspire you most with audiences around the world? That's easier than ever with mobile giving. Just text Unity Radio to 72727 and help us continue offering spiritual programs that change lives. Are you ready to live in joy? Is there an area of your life where you could use a miracle? 
Have you been praying for help and guidance? Come join Lisa and Bill and their guests for an hour filled with practical tips on experiencing miracles, greater abundance, focused, deliberate living, and the peace of God that passeth all understanding. Experience more joy in life. Listen to Living in Joy, Reflections on a Course in Miracles with Lisa Natoli and Bill Free every Friday at 2 p.m. Central here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for listening to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes. If you have a question or comment about today's discussion, you can email us at theintentionalspirit at unityonlineradio.org. Now, here is your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. Welcome back, everyone, and thank you so much. Boy, we're having the hair raised off our heads today as we're having one of the most amazing conversations. You have no idea, right, Jamie? <laughs> and and John does he's doing the electronic tricks with our interview as well. That's right. Your beloved is, is messing with our technology today. But if you're just coming on, you want to go to the website, ask. DrLove.com. If you have lost anyone, which if you're living, you would definitely, that's happened to you. If you're grieving and, and thinking that life is over, we have the leading answers for you right here and right now. So um, tell us more. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so in part two of Love Never Dies, I talk about how you can overcome the false beliefs and religious teachings that prevent most of us from reconnecting, and I discuss how is it even possible to communicate with those in spirit. So the first obstacle is to overcome the false belief that we're not supposed to stay in connection with loved ones in spirit. Now, how do I know this is a false belief? Well, Jean made this clear to me my first night back from Italy. So I heard him speaking to me, and he was quoting something I didn't recognize. Now, the next day I went to his priest to prepare the readings for his funeral, and I told him, Jean's been talking to me, and he's quoting something. Now, at this point, the priest raised his brow in obvious skepticism, as if, like, yo, this babe has really rounded the bend. She's nuts. But then when I told him what Jean was saying, the priest blanched. He crossed himself and he said, Dear God, Jamie, at first I didn't believe that Jean was talking to you, but I do now. And then he told me I was quoting an obscure biblical passage from the communion of saints. Like I would have known. Like I said, I never read the Bible. I never went to church. Jean and I didn't discuss religion. Now, it took me a year to understand why Jean chose to quote that and only that passage to me. Now, remember, he was a religious pioneer in life, and he continues to be in the afterlife. The communion of saints says that our loved ones in spirit are one with 
or in communion with God and the saints. And since we're supposed to stay in communion and communication with God and the saints, this means the Bible is telling us we are supposed to stay in communion and communication with our loved ones in spirit because they are one with God and the saints. So the point is, Jean says, what we've been told about the afterlife is dead wrong, if you'll pardon the pun. We are not meant to... We're not meant to live in an emotional wasteland, separated from those we love, waiting until we die and enter heaven, because heaven is a state, not a place, as he said. Heaven is all around us. Heaven is here and now. So this means we are supposed to reconnect with our loved ones in spirit now. So now I continue in part two to talk about all the other misconceptions that surround afterlife communication. Like, here's a biggie. I hear this all the time. And I talk about this also in Love Never Dies. Oh, it'll prevent you from moving on with your life if you reconnect and stay connected with loved ones in spirit. Well, this is the absolute untruth, and it's quite the opposite. Because when we reconnect, we transform our grief to joy. And therefore, we're more fully able to enter our life. Because when you don't reconnect, you just have this protracted grieving and you're miserable. Whereas when you reconnect, you're in joy and you're more in your life. Now, another misconception I hear all the time is, well, you know, if you continue to love those who are in spirit, you won't be able to love other people. You won't be able to form a new relationship. Well, this is not true either. This is like saying to a mother, well, you know you had a first child. You love that child. You can't have any more children, right? Because you can't love more than one. Well, our hearts are made to love. We have plenty of room in our hearts to love all those who walk the earth and all those who walk in spirit. And now here's another big you know, one. Um, well, you, you, uh, oh, you know, another one that I've heard of um, yes. leaders and, and healers say is that, oh, yeah. you don't want to communicate with them because you're, you're holding them back. Oh, that's a, oh, please, thank you. I've got to remember that one. Right, because yeah. you're holding them back. Like, we have that power. This is such an earthly conception. Like, Jean said to me, and I hear this from all the loved ones in spirit, what else is there for me to do? It's my full-time occupation to love you. <laughs> and that is the truth. If they are here, to, they're here to love us, to support us, to guide us. So we're not holding them back. We're helping helping them by allowing them to shower us with love. Now, here's another one. Oh, you're opening the door to evil. Do you, I'm sure you hear that one. The, the devil, oh, evil. Please. So oh, you yeah. hear that one, too. Well, fortunately, right, right, right? in the city, we don't have any of that. So Okay, but, good. So um, we don't even need to go there. Okay, we won't even go there because, obviously, <laughs> it just doesn't exist. It just doesn't exist. So now, in the second part of Part 2 of Love Never Dies, I talk about... How is spirit communication possible? And I really demystify the whole thing because really what we're talking about is energetic communication. And we humans energetically communicate all the time. We're born with this innate ability to communicate energetically and we do it all the time. Think about when you're parked at a light. And don't you look over at the driver in the neighboring car and doesn't that driver always look back at you? Always. Because that driver is sensing the energetic frequency of your gaze. That's what it is, energetic communication. Twins, how do they know when the other is in trouble, even when they live on opposite ends of the world? Energetic communication. Close couples, how do they know what the other's thinking? Energetic communication. And in fact, 
in part two of Love Never Dies, I talk about the fact that many of the most prominent figures throughout history, from Socrates to Helen Keller, have reported personal contact with spirits. I, I, I say that Thomas Edison was quoted in Scientific American, saying it's reasonable to conclude that those who have left the earth would like to communicate with those that they have left here. And he said that it was possible to construct an apparatus which will be so delicate that if there are personalities in another existence or sphere who want to get in touch with us, this apparatus will at least give them a better opportunity. And he was working on this apparatus when he died in 1931. And the scientist Albert Einstein, in his introduction to Upton Sinclair's book on telepathy, Mental Radio, asked science to please take this phenomenon seriously. Sigmund Freud in 1921 said, if I had my life to live over again, I would devote myself to psychical research rather than psychoanalysis. Carl Jung even talked about this. So why don't we reconnect? Well, it's because we've been told it's not possible. So I want to give you a little story that shows you why this is untrue. So I went back to see Jean's priest and I kept telling him more and more of the stories about reconnecting with Jean and his manifestations and the priest says to me, you know, once he's in heaven, you're not going to hear from him anymore. Well, is that is that true? Oh, we don't have cell towers in heaven or earth cell towers don't reach heaven? I mean, it's ridiculous. It makes no sense. So this is bothering me the whole day. So in the evening, I make a circle for the group that I run in my home office. Everybody is late except Ashley. She's a new patient, doesn't know me, didn't know Jean. And we're sitting alone in my group room. The door is closed. When I hear ding, ding, that's the front door opening when the burglar alarm registers the opening. Now I hear very loud footsteps, pound, 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 and they stop in my waiting room. So I say to her, gee, somebody's coming at the wrong time, not realizing I run a group now. Now I hear the footsteps, pound, 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 to the front door, ding, ding, the door opens. So I say to her, I better go see who it is. Now, in the time it takes me to go from my group room to the front door, the few steps, there was no way somebody could have walked down the driveway and to the parking area, which is very far from my house, without my having seen the person walking to his or her car. I open the front door. There's nobody there. I come back to my office, and I say to Ashley, there was nobody there. So she looks at me, and she says, that was a spirit. So that was Jean's answer to the priest's statement, once I'm in heaven, you won't hear from me anymore. Did you hear those pounding footsteps? (laughs) Wow. I know. I know. I I imagine that, you know, even with your own radio show, because you have a regular radio show as well, Uh, Would you please tell our listeners how to go to that show and how to find you? Oh, yeah. Well, I'm doing the Love Never Dies radio show on HayHouseRadio.com, and I do that every Tuesday at noon Eastern, which is 9 a.m. Pacific. And I take live calls. I have people calling from all over the world, and... And it is just amazing, helping them reconnect on air, the the joy, the peace, people writing to me and calling me from all over the world, especially because I am uh, bringing my dialoguing, to the depart- the dialoguing with the Departed Technique to the live on-air show. And I've also, also, I also do the Ask Dr. Love radio show. You can find all of this on Ask Dr. Love. Everything's on my homepage. So I'm so excited because, you know, in part three, of Love Never Dies, I actually 
bring my method home for you because I show you how to establish your own connection with loved ones in spirit without the assistance of a channeler or a medium or a psychic because remember I said we're all born with this innate ability to communicate with spirit. And communicating with spirit is just nothing more than learning how to tune your brain to what I call the spirit channel, okay? So now in part, the first chapter of part three of Love Never Dies I call it creating a state of receptivity because I show you how to make yourself receptive to sending and receiving energetic signals. And as Jean told me, Jamie, the noise of the day drowns me out. So anytime you want to hear me, come to the bed and be still and quiet. So in this chapter, I show you how to create pockets of peace, how to sit in silence, how to turn off the TV and the music, how to find a peaceful practice that works for you, whether it's yoga, tai chi, qigong. I also give you some breathing exercises because spirit, as Jean showed me, is born on the breath. We can actually breathe our way into connecting. Then I also show you how to surrender to your emotional states but not get too upset. And this is really important for the newly bereaved because it's so easy for grief to wash us overboard. And when this happens, we are unable to send and receive signals much the same way that, you know, uh, if you think about when you're driving in a tunnel and you get a cell call, but you don't register the call because you're in the tunnel. Same when we're in the dark tunnel of grief. Our emotional storms are just like atmospheric storms, the way they block the receiving and the sending of radio signals. When we're too upset, we don't get signals and we can't send signals to spirit. So I have a section in part two for showing you how to titrate your emotions and not get washed overboard. Then I show you how to use the twilight states just before you fall asleep or just when you wake up in order to help you connect to spirit, and I also show you how to use nature. And then last but not least, I give you some exercises for awakening your five senses because spirits are pure energy. They can energetically send signals to all your senses. So the more your receiver is turned on, the easier it's going to be for you to perceive the signs that are being sent your way all the time. Okay? Are you there? Yeah. Okay, I, I just wanted it. to be sure I'm that John totally wasn't messing with us. Yeah. Okay, all right. So now we'll go on to signs because the signs are so important. And so many people say to me, I've heard this thousands of times, people call in on the radio show, they write me, I'm not getting any signs, and then I lay out the signs for them of spirit presence. And in no time, everybody says to me, oh, that happened, and so did this, and so did that. So the point is, just <laughs> becoming aware of the signs is sufficient to begin the process of reconnecting for most of us. And what we must remember is, freed from the human vessel, our loved ones in spirit are able to influence the material world in infinite ways. Their signs are infinite. Sounds, animals behaving oddly, like the little chipmunk, weird sensations, drafts, temperature changes, chills, goose flesh, symbolic communications, butterflies, and even manifesting coins that were minted on a year that was significant to you. So here's a great example of this. This year, I had a patient named Kyla in my office. I said, this is the anniversary week of his bodily departure, and he always drops coins on me, minted the year he left his body. So Kyla looks at me. She says, oh, my gosh, Jamie, I almost forgot. She says, see the cowboy boots I'm wearing? I said, yeah. She says, well, they were off in my bedroom when I saw a coin falling out of thin air and landing in the boot. And I got the message. It was for you. And I never took it out. I forgot about it, but let me give it to you now. So I hear Jean saying to me, it was minted the year I left my body. You'll see. So she hands me the coin, 
I look at it. Sure enough, minted the year he left his body. All right, so now, becoming aware of the signs, as I said, it's sufficient for most of us to begin the process of reconnecting, but here's where love never dies takes spirit communication to an entirely new place. The CEO of Hay House said to me, we've never seen anything like what you do now, and this is, I show you how to dialogue back and forth with the departed in order to reconnect, to obtain guidance, and most especially to heal unfinished business and make peace. So now we know that spirits dialogue with us in lots of ways, like they mind meld, they do thought induction, they communicate with us through dreams, they communicate with us through signs, but signs are a static form of communication where they drop a sign on us and we observe it. But we can actually engage in back-and-forth communications between us and spirit using signs that we bring to life. So can I give you an example of the difference between static signs versus a back-and-forth communication using yeah, signs? Please, please do. Okay. Absolutely. We would love it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, again, this week I was at the chiropractor, the anniversary week of Jean's bodily death, and I was speaking with Teresa. She was at the reception desk, and we were alone in the office. I told her, this is um, the week that I'm going to give my first public talk about Love Never Dies. At that moment, I smelled gardenias. That's a sign. Now, I didn't say a word. Now, at this moment, Teresa says, do you smell gardenias? So I said, Teresa, that's the scent of sanctity. Jean is giving us both a sign that he's here. Now, the next day... I saw a patient who needed to reconnect with her sister in spirit, and I told her the story about the scent of gardenias. Now, at that moment, I heard John speaking to me, and he said, I wish I could give you a bouquet of roses. So he was dialoguing with me by inducing the thought in my mind. But now he involves my patient in the dialogue. She abruptly sat up, and she says to me, Jamie, do you smell roses? So in this elegant elegant manifestation. He put the thought in her mind, using her to facilitate a back-and-forth dialogue between him and me. So he used her as a human open vessel to let me know that I had heard him correctly, while at the same time bolstering her confidence in her ability to hear spirit so that she could reconnect with her sister. Now, I want to give you another really cool example of how we can dialogue back and forth with spirit using people who are open vessels. Again, someone who is open and willing to be used by spirit in the service of love. So my friend Anne is taking me to dinner. And I say to her, Jean, it feels like you're coming home to me. And she says, honey, I'm home two seconds after she walks in the door. And I had explained to Jean, she, it feels like you're coming home to me because you allow She allows you to speak through her. So when she said, honey, I'm home, she was humiliated. What a mean, nasty joke. I said, no, Jean was answering me. He was communicating that he had heard me say, it feels like you're coming home to me, and he had you say, honey, I'm home. (laughs) He was using her to answer. Now, we're at the restaurant, and you have to know, Anne wouldn't cry if she had been hit by a bus or if her kid was hit by a bus. Next thing I know, she has a glazed expression on her face. I see tears in her eyes, and she says, You look so beautiful tonight, I wish I had a camera. Now, here he was speaking to me through her, saying something he used to say to me when we would go out to dinner alone. Nobody ever heard that but me. Now, here is a really cool, cool example of how 
our loved ones dialogue with us through both open vessels and earthly props, which are electronic devices. And this example shows both. So this year on Valentine's week, just this last month, a man named J.C. Gold, who is the cosmic artist, he wrote to me and he told me that John was blasting his brain with messages for me. Okay? Now he tells me a couple days later that what happened to him was so mind-blowing. He said he was sitting with his hand on his lap when he heard John saying to him, send her the peach rose. Now, remember I said John used to give me roses every week, right? But nobody knew this. He would give me peach-colored roses. Okay, so J.C. said, while his hands were in his lap, Jean opened the menu on the man's computer because his wife's a professional photographer. He opened all of her photos, and then he opened a picture of a peach-colored rose. And then he opened the caption for the name of the rose, which was Peaches and cream. Now, the night before, J.C. had written to me and said, Jean wants you to know your time is now. And I had written back to J.C. and said, Jean always told me the cream rises to the top. So there was the example, <laughs> peaches and cream. Wow. Is that unbelievable? I mean, crazy, right? Okay, so now mm. here's the great thing about dialoguing. We can dialogue to say goodbye if someone was ripped from us due to a sudden illness or an accidental death. We can dialogue to get support as we travel down that bumpy road we call life. We can dialogue to get guidance on our spiritual development. But what if you're one of the millions of people who has unfinished business with someone in spirit and you need to heal it? Well, now Love Never Dies shows you how to dialogue to heal your unfinished business. So first I show you how to enter a trance, and then I put you through the meditation for making contact. We do this also every week on Love Never Dies Radio on Hay House. And then I show you how to dialogue back and forth in writing or using a tape recorder, and you go back and forth until you arrive at a resolution and peace. Now, the most incredible thing I discovered is... Often we have to wait until they leave their bodies to work it out with them because in spirit form they're more evolved and in spirit form they see how they screwed up with us so they're more able to work it out with us. As one of my patients said, I wish my mom would hurry up and die so we could work this out already. (laughs) But the (laughs) the way I realized that they know the mistakes they made only after they leave their body is The first week after Jean left his body, I went to the garage to have the car repaired. Jean did the car thing. Nobody knew me there. So I introduced myself to Debbie, tell her Jean left his body. She says, I'm a widow too. In two seconds, her husband is banging down my door with a message for her. He says, tell her to stop making the same mistake with our son that I did because now she's creating the power struggle that I did. So she is astonished. She says to me, that's exactly true, and yes, I am. But the most important part of the story was he didn't get it till he left his body, okay? Now, there's one more thing that I discovered that I want everybody to know. They need our help to help them evolve spiritually. Now, how do I know this? Well, it was Good Friday, and Jean sent me to the bird lady. Her name is Lori. Now, she tried to help us save our little canary, Fluffy, and it wasn't successful. And I didn't know her personally, and it's years later, and he sends me there. I walk in the door, and she points out a Gouldian finch. 
She says, you see this little bird? It's going to be dead by nightfall. It hasn't eaten in a day. And these little birds, if they don't eat within a day, they're dead. So I said to her, may I try to help the bird? She says, okay. I go up to the cage and I speak to the bird aloud. Now I'm energetically communicating with the bird, but I'm saying it aloud so she hears what I'm saying. I go up to the cage. The bird is not freaked at all. And I say, I want you to go down to the seed bowl and I want you to start eating. The bird instantly obeys. The more the bird eats, the more energy the bird gets. Now he's peeping and jumping around and happy. And I become aware now that there are two spirit presences around this woman, Lori. So I say to her, the first thing I hear, which is from her mother, the mother says, I'm really sorry I was such a weakling and I didn't protect you from him. Lori confirms, you know what? She didn't protect me from him. And I've been scared of him ever since. This is what she says. At this moment, I look at the bird, and the bird is starting to look really sick again. And I'm aware now the bird was sensing these spirit presences, and it was making it messed up. So I said, just don't worry, birdie. Go back to eating your seeds. I'm going to help her with this other spirit. Now I become aware that the spirit is begging me to tell her, don't be afraid of me anymore. I can't hurt you anymore. And I want you to face me and confront me about the way I molested you sexually because I know you're afraid of me and your own emotional development requires you to face me so that you're not living frozen in fear and I need you to face me so that I can confront what I did to you. And we dialogued back and forth and she got stronger and stronger, helping him confront the issue, her healing it with him, and of course the little birdie died, didn't die, he was healthy. After all, he, he made it. So it's a wonderful story, a wonderful story. Your work, I'm telling you, it's just, um, I, I can see why, you know, they were telling me that you just had to be on the show because it is so different and you are teaching people to be empowered um, and not having to go through other resources, but that we have a direct contact with our loved ones Absolutely. and to heal. And Absolutely. I am just, I have just bask in your energy field today, and I just, do we have to stop? Or do we have to stop? Or do I, can I tell you one more thing? Oh, yes. We, our time's up, or do we have a minute, or we don't even have a minute? <laughs> we have nothing. Have I don't want to. <laughs> No, it's okay. But the biggest, the neatest part of all is, I just want everybody to know that reconnecting with your loved ones in spirit is your fast track to self-love because they are able to enter you and fill you with love in a way that they couldn't do when they lived in a body. And I tell my own healing story how Jean brought me my own self-love and he had to be out of a body to do it. So that is what is so wonderful. Fast track your self-love and now you have a, a abundance of love that you can bring to the world and that's what love never dies is all about well i want to remind everybody you can go to askdrlove.com and you can find out more about her you can order the book it's a bestseller you can uh, find out about her radio show and i would like to have a part two so can you please have your publisher contact us so we can have you on the show again because i want to go deeper and further and have people call in 
Oh, I would love to. Uh, he's just emailed me because I told him Jean was messing with our electronics, so I'll email him and tell him so. And by the way, when people sign Please. up for my free newsletter, they can receive a little excerpt of Love Never Dies, the preface and the intro, and a lot of people are doing that to just get them started and tide them over till they get the book. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thank you so much. It's been our thank greatest you. pleasure so to be with wonderful. you. God bless you, everyone, on this amazing journey we call life. Thank you so much. And I'll look forward to you being on our show again real soon, okay? Me too. You are loved. Right. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to The Intentional Spirit. Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes. Join us every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central for tools and simple applications which will support you from being alive to fully living. This program is brought to you in part by First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida. To learn more about this ministry, go to www.unitycampus.org or www.templehaze.org. Somewhere, tucked away in the Unity Library archives in Unity Village, Missouri, you can find a secret treasure. They are the scripts from Unity co-founder Charles Fillmore's early days on broadcast radio. The teachings of Unity's founders, almost a hundred years old. Now, for the first time in history, you can hear them through the power of the Internet. Join Bob Brock every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, for Unity Classic Radio, Words from Our Past. Discover the wisdom of Charles Fillmore's talks and of other Unity Radio speakers read on the air again. Call in your comments and questions as Bob and his special guests revisit Unity Radio talks of the past, along with historical background from the early days of the Unity movement. That's Unity Classic Radio. Words from our past. Every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Right here on Unity FM. The voice of an awakening world. Inspiration only takes a moment. Take a moment now to reflect on these words from Reverend Joan Gattuso. According to an ancient Hindu teaching, if you can only speak the truth and tell no lies, either minuscule or outrageous, For 12 consecutive years, you can attain enlightenment. A noble being will always tell the truth. Do you? Begin now with the first step of simply noticing if you do tell the truth immediately or if your first instinct is to alter the facts a bit. Resolve to be honest with yourself and others starting today. And after 4,383 days, You just may become enlightened. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Chris Michaels, host of Healing Your Life on Unity Online Radio, is an author, life coach, national speaker, and the founder and spiritual director of the Center for Spiritual Living in Kansas City, Missouri. Through his writing, coaching, and speaking, 
Chris has helped thousands of people understand the basic spiritual principles that govern our lives. In his book, Your Soul's Assignment, he reminds us that we each have something to do here on earth, a unique purpose to our lives. If you're interested in discerning what is yours to do, are looking for practical spiritual principles to inspire your life, or coaching to provide you with the tools to live more fully, visit Chris's website at www.chrismichaels.net. That's www.chrismichaels.net. Inspiration only takes a moment. We invite you to consider these words from Unity author Charles Roth. Live deeply in the present moment. If you are going to work on the premise that real energy, real excitement, that feeling of being fully and enthusiastically alive comes from a source within you, then it follows that you have to spend some time getting acquainted, being at home in those far reaches of inner space. Peace is power, for out of stillness, strength is born, and out of inner harmony, productivity flourishes. Rest in that inner peace. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Reverend Paulette Pipe's voice has been called mesmerizing, the sound of spirit expressing in soothing honey tones. If you're one of the loyal listeners who tune in each week for her program, Touching the Stillness, you already know the power of her meditations. If her programs leave you wanting more, purchase one or both of her meditation CDs, Touching the Stillness, her first CD, and the newly released Resting in Stillness. This latest CD combines Paulette's alchemic voice with an original score by pianist Kelly Hunt and will transport you to a place of divine peace. Enliven your meditations with Reverend Paulette Pipe as your guide and take her soothing voice and peaceful presence with you wherever you go. Get your copy today. Go to www.unity.org and then click on Shop. That's www.unity.org and click on Shop at the top of the page. Inspiration only takes a moment. Your friends at Unity invite you to reflect on these words from Reverend Jim Rosemary. Pause and take a deep breath. When you are ready, affirm silently to yourself. Sweet, sweet spirit, I desire a closer walk with you. Show me the way. I am listening. Take time now, in the silence, to get in touch with the spiritual guidance within you. Have faith that your next step, your unfolding, your spiritual growth, is coming to you in divine order through your spiritual instinct or your spiritual knowingness. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Inspiration only takes a moment. We invite you to focus your attention inward with these words from Elizabeth Searle Lamb. This is a new day. 
Lead your conscious mind to that still haven of your soul where your indwelling Christ opens wide the doorway of your heart. At once, mind, soul, and body, you are flooded with the light and love of God. You are lifted high above this earthly plane and filled with the radiance of spirit. Send this love and light on to those whom you hold dear so that it may uplift, heal, and comfort them. As you send this radiance on, you are filled with a new sense of God's power, and you release this power to the whole world to uplift, guide, and bless all people. A day's tasks await you, but God is with you, and with God's help, all shall be done perfectly. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Things may happen around you. Things may happen to you. But the only things that really count are the things that happen in you. This meditative moment from Reverend Eric Butterworth is brought to you by Unity. Reverend Paulette Pipe's voice has been called mesmerizing, the sound of spirit expressing in soothing honey tones. If you're one of the loyal listeners who tune in each week for her program, Touching the Stillness, you already know the power of her meditations. If her programs leave you wanting more, purchase one or both of her meditation CDs, Touching the Stillness, her first CD, and the newly released Resting in Stillness. This latest CD combines Paulette's alchemic voice with an original score by pianist Kelly Hunt and will transport you to a place of divine peace. Enliven your meditations with Reverend Paulette Pipe as your guide and take her soothing voice and peaceful presence with you wherever you go. Get your copy today. Go to www.unity.org and then click on Shop. That's www.unity.org and click on Shop at the top of the page. In his new book, What If Godzilla Just Wanted a Hug?, Daryl Fuzaro emphasizes the positive effects of applying unity principles in everyday situations. Laura Harvey, editor of Daily Word magazine, exclaims Daryl Fuzaro shares his life lessons with inspiring creativity. This book is encouraging, funny, and heartwarming, a combination I highly recommend. As co-host of Unity Online Radio's Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed, Daryl's old-school charm and no-nonsense approach to spirituality keep a global audience laughing and inspired. What if Godzilla just wanted a hug? Is loaded with Daryl's hilarious, award-winning illustrations and packs his wit and wisdom into easy-to-digest, bite-sized stories of how he transforms chaos into tranquility and succeeds in the entertainment business by doing the opposite of everyone else. What If Godzilla Just Wanted a Hug is a pocket Bible encouraging the talented and timid to trust their gut, act on their intuition, and step out boldly. 
Even if you just bought it for the chapter titles and Daryl Fuzaro's illustrations alone, you'd be getting more than your money's worth with this book. Author and film critic Sister Rose Pucati says, Spending time with Fuzaro's stories will leave you no choice but to smile and carry on. Oh, he forgot to mention he hangs out with a group of nuns, but then, if he had, it would have necessitated a change to some of his more colorful adjectives. Have fun ordering your copy of What If Godzilla Just Wanted a Hug today on Amazon.com. I'm Suzanne Giesman, and if you've ever wondered about life after death or if it's possible to connect with a higher consciousness, I invite you to join me for my podcast, Messages of Hope. It's my mission to share with you that our loved ones who have passed are always with us, and we are so very loved. I want to teach you how to live a consciously connected and divinely guided life. Listen here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.